Hello, my dear friends in Christ. Welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and today is episode 103, and we're going to do the readings of Friday of the Passion of the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friday of the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is Good Friday, Holy Friday, Passion Friday. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share to the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. So let's begin with the act of contrition, the one we say at Mass. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe Alession, Christe Alession, Christe Alession, Kiri Alession, Kiri Alession, Kiri Alession. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, Pray for us, St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Church, guardian of families, model of manhood, terror of demons. Pray for us. And St. Peter the Apostle, pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle, pray for us. St. John the Apostle, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Mary Magdalene, pray for us. St. Athanasius, pray for us. St. Ambrose, pray for us. And St. Augustine, pray for us. St. Monica, pray for us. St. Benedict, pray for us. St. Jerome, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. And St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. John Fisher, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil and pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, so we're going to say the, um, we'll say the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. 
you take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so now we are in um, Passion, the Friday of the Passion of our Lord. Okay, so um, the first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. It is uh, book uh, chapter 52 from verse 13 to chapter 53 to verse 12. Let's begin. Okay, so the first reading is from Isaiah 52, verse 13 to chapter 53, verse 12. He himself was wounded for our sins. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be raised high and greatly exalted even as many were amazed at him. So marred was his look beyond human semblance and his appearance beyond that of the sons of man. So shall he startle many nations. Because of him, kings shall stand speechless. For those who have not been told shall see. Those who have not heard shall ponder it. Who would have believed what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, nor appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hide their faces, spurned, and we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured, while we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. 
though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, or a sheep before the shearers, he was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. And who would have thought any more of his destiny when he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sins of his people? A grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with the evildoers. Though he had done no wrong, nor spoken any falsehood. But the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his sufferings, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked and he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so Psalm 31, and the response is, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. You will redeem me, O Lord, O faithful God. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. For all my foes, I am an object of reproach, a laughingstock to my neighbors and a dread to my friends. They who see me abroad flee from me. I am forgotten like the unremembered dead. I am like a dish that is broken. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But my trust is in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. In your hands is my destiny. Rescue me from the clutches of my enemies and my persecutors. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. 
Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your kindness. Take courage and be stout-hearted, all you who hope in the Lord. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews. It goes from chapter 4 to verse 14 to verse 16. Chapter 4, 14 to 16. And parts of chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. Jesus learned obedience and became the source of salvation for all who obey him. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who's able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Okay, we'll read it one more time. Letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, and chapter 5, parts of chapter 5, verse 7 to 9. Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confidence, our confession. That is, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has similarly been tested in every way, yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace for a timely help. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The verse before the gospel is from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name 
which is above every other name. Christ became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John chapter 18 verse 1 straight into chapter 19 to verse 42. The Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Now Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to where, to where there was a garden into which he, he and his disciples entered. Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas got a band of soldiers and guards from the chief priests and the Pharisees and went there with lanterns torches and weapons Jesus knowing everything that was going to happen to him went out and said to them whom are you looking for they answered him Jesus the Nazarene he said to them I am Judas his betrayer was also with them and when he said to them I am they turned away and fell to the ground. So he asked them again, Whom are you looking for? They said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill what he, what he had said. I have not lost any of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its scabbard. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? So, the band of soldiers, the tribune, and the Jewish guards seized Jesus, bound him, and brought him to Annas first. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had counseled the Jews that it was better that one man should die rather than the people. So Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Now the other disciple was known to the high priest, and he entered the courtyard of the high priest with Jesus. But Peter stood at the gate outside. So the other disciple, the acquaintance of the high priest, went out and spoke to the gatekeeper and brought Peter in. Then the maid, who was the gatekeeper, said to Peter, You are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. 
Now the slaves and the guards were standing around a charcoal of fire and they, that they had made because it was cold and were warming themselves. Peter was also standing there keeping warm. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues or in the temple area where all the Jews gather. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me and what I had said to them. They know what I have said. When he has said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I had spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing there keeping warm, and they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the one whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you in the garden with him? Again Peter denied it, and immediately the cock crowed. Then they brought Jesus from Caiaphas to the Proratorium. It was morning, and they themselves did not enter the Proratorium in order not to be defiled so that they could eat the Passover. So Pilate came to meet them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. At this Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews answered him, We do not have the right to execute anyone, in order that the word of Jesus might be fulfilled, that he was fulfilled that he indicating the kind of death he would die. So Pilate went back into the praetorium and demanded Jesus and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have you have others told you about me? Pilate answered him, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me what have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not. Belong to this world. My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. 
Pilate said to him, What is truth? When he had said this, he again went out to the Jews and said to them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at Passover. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this one, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and hand, had him scourged, and the soldiers wove a, a crown out of thorns and placed it on his head and clothed him in a purple cloak. And they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him repeatedly. Once more Pilate went out and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, wearing the crown of thorns, and the purple cloak, and he said to them, Behold the man, Ece homo. When the chief priests and the guards saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, We have a law. And according to that law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Now, when Pilate heard this statement, he became even more afraid and went back into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? Jesus did not answer him. So Pilate said to him, Do you not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and I have the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me if it had not been given to you from above. For this reason, the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. For this reason, the one who has handed me over to you has the greater sin. Consequently, Pilate tried to release him, but the Jews cried out, If you release him, you are not a friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and seated him on the judge's bench in the place called the Stone Pavement. In Hebrew, Gabatha. It was preparation day for Passover, and it was about noon. And he said to the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, carrying the cross himself, and he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, 
one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had an inscription written about on the cross. It read, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Now many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided, it into, they divided them into four shares, a share for each soldier. They also took his tunic, but the tunic was seamless woven in one piece from the top down. So, so they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for, for, no, for it to see who, whose it will be, in order that the passage of the scriptures might be fulfilled that says, They divided my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sisters, Mary the wife of Kilopis and Mary of Magdala. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples there whom he loved, he said to his mother, Whom, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Be, disciple Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, aware that everything was now finished, in order that the scriptures might be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. There was a vessel filled with common wine. So they put a sponge, soaked wine on a sponge of hyssop, and put it up to his mouth. When Jesus had taken the wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he handed over the spirit. Here all kneel and pause for a short time. Now, since it was preparation day, in order that the bodies might not remain on the cross, on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day of that week was a solemn one. The Jews asked Pilate that the, their legs be broken and that they be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other one who was crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one soldier thrust his lance into his side, and immediately blood and water flowed out. And an eyewitness has testified, and his testimony is true. He knows that he is speaking the truth, so that you may also come to believe. For this happened, so that the scripture's passage might be fulfilled, that a bone of it will be broken. And again, another passage says, they will, they will look upon him whom they have pierced. 
After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus, for the fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths, along with the, the spices, according to, to the Jewish burial custom. Now in the place where he had been crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one yet had been buried. So they laid Jesus there because of the Jewish preparation day, for the, for the tomb was close by. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Passion of our Lord according to St. John. Okay, so now we got into Good Friday. And I think... I think the best way to look at it is this. What is, what do we, what do we as Catholics uh, to take away from this? Well, I think the best way to look at it, I think there's probably several points. So I think we're going to come to the conclusion what we need to do as Catholics. One, Catholics should be familiar with the Bible. Bible is yours. Okay. I mean, practically the church has always been the guardians and protectors of scripture since the church was established. The church is the one that defends the faith. But on the other side, the modern Catholic has, for some reason, neglected that. Uh, for some reason. Um, Catholics don't encourage themselves to read the Bible more. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's been something that um, has been taken for granted. I don't know. I'm a convert. And converts, all converts, I mean, you're going to hear this. We, we love the faith. We want to learn as much about it. We didn't grow up as Catholic. And yet, I'll be honest with you, you go to a Catholic bookstore, there's a Bible right there. There's a, a section that sells Bibles. I mean, I'm not crazy about the New American Bible, but it's a decent Bible. It's not the best. I much prefer the Revised Standard Version or the old Douay Reims edition. Uh, more the, I more lean towards the Revised Standard Version uh, a lot more. Uh, there's been some recent uh, new translations, um, kind of in the new Catholic version, although there's some weak points to it. I think eventually it'll be fixed out probably in the next couple of years uh, when they realize they need, they should, they should fix those little um, translation problems. But it, it, but the point is you have, there accessible and Catholics, the majority of Catholics for some reason don't read it. It's, I think a lot of it has a lot to do with catechesis. A lot of it has a lot to do with catechesis and 
a lot of it has a lot to do with cultural Catholicism, um, you know, which is like similar to cafeteria Catholic, I guess you can say that maybe because they think that they got the rosary stations of the cross, um, going to mass, but you hear scripture at mass. And for some reason, they're not given this encouragement. You will be familiar. You will get to know Christ more. You will get to know Jesus Christ more. If you just put time in reading the scriptures. Yes, I know we go to mass. But I don't see people jotting down notes. Let's face it. You go to mass. Once the mass is over, you're going to go do your, your whatever thing you're, you have to do. And, and admittedly, I'm not putting down that. You... You have, you're busy. A lot of people are working. But they're not so busy at times that you can't pick up the scriptures and read them. Instead of hitting that cell phone or looking up the game or going to that um, whatever it is, recreation that, that most people, guys do when they have to, what ladies have to do, you know, like go watch sports you could put that aside for a little bit. You really can. I really do believe you can, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. But if you love your faith, if you really do believe in it, remember, life is short. Life is short. You know, God wants, wants to get to know us. A little bit, 10, 15 minutes is not, going to just it's not going to ruin your day it's not going to be much you're going to watch it's going to go by quickly 15 minutes goes by fast even 30 minutes you'll be surprised how fast that will go you'll be shocked how it all, it all ends and you know you got time for other things to do that even even some people want to add an extra 30 minutes to their day maybe an extra hour and a half if you add up the 30 minutes throughout the day they want to read as much as they can and get to know the scriptures. It's not impossible. Trust me, it's not going to ruin your life. It's not going to, you're not going to become a fanatic. If you just stop for a minute and listen to some of the words here. Okay. Who would believe what we have heard? This is from Isaiah. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him. This is talking about Jesus. There was nothing unusual about this person. He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing. In other words, he didn't come from a high noble background. He didn't come from nobility. He, didn't, he wasn't born a prince. He looked ordinary. And when you think about it, living in Nazareth 2,000 years ago, this is what shocks a lot of people about the Messiah. Are you serious? That person, that ordinary looking guy is claiming to be the Messiah. Not only that, you hear sometime later, this guy just claimed to be God. And think about how people 
you know, how we already read how they, how they behaved towards him. There was nothing about him that stood out. But what definitely made him stand out is the words that he spoke, the miracles he performed, the enemies he made, the life-changing events. He healed people from their leprosy. He cast out demons with authority. <laughs> it is a line from the show, The Chosen. I was one way, now I am another. And everything in between was because of him. He was the cause of my life. I lived one way of life and now I'm this way. I know I've changed. And all that is between, in between is him. Referring to Jesus of Nazareth. That's, that's what she means by it. This is, this is something a lot of people, Catholics should take time. You'll be surprised how much you will learn. How much you get closer to him. And the more, the more you start learning, the more you start studying the scriptures, the more you want to learn more about the scriptures that you're willing to add the extra time in. And because you begin to realize what is important in life, it will make your prayer life better. Trust me, it will, it will encourage, it would encourage your prayer life. It would get add fruit to your life. And it goes on. Okay. Um, there was, there was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him. In other words, nothing to make us want to take a second look at him. No appearance that would attract us to him. He was not attractive. There was nothing unusual about him. He was spurned and avoided by people. Now we go into the passion. A man of suffering and accustomed to infirmity. Okay? One of those whom people just hid their faces. In other words... Nobody wants to look at him. People just, he was so disturbing. His appearance that nobody gave him, a, wanted to give him a second thought, a look again. He was spurned and we held, we held him in no esteem. Yet it was, it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured. While we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses crushed for our infirmities upon him the chastisement that may that makes us whole by his stripes we were healed we had all gone astray like sheep and each following his own way but the lord laid upon him the guilt of us all if you remember the passion the opening there was a passage where from isaiah it quotes isaiah and by his stripes we are healed by his own suffering, the the whips he took, he took upon, he was pierced for our infirmities. He bore upon himself our chastisement, our guilt. There you go. If you read the scriptures, you will get familiar with it. Now, let's move down a little bit further. You should read this. If you have your missile, pick it up and read it. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. This part you might be interested like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before his shearers. He was silent. He opened not his mouth. Compare this, what you're going to about to read in John's gospel. Who would have thought any more of his destiny? Who nobody gave him a second thought. You're, you know, he's not supposed to be someone important. 
He's not supposed to stand out from all the other sufferings. He should have been like all the others. He was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sin of his people. A grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. See? His grave. A translation, some translations, I don't know why the New American doesn't do this. His grave was with the rich. You know, he died among the guilty and his grave was, was among the rich. It, that, that's, it, it made things different. It was, he was different. Everything was changing. And then it goes on. Um, this is the part. He was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sin of his people. A grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. Though he had no wrong, he had done no wrong, no spoken any falsehood, but the Lord was pleased to crush him in, 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 in crush him in an infirmity. If, if he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. See, this is, this is the salvation. This is the salvation that people were, were, were wondering for, were, were, were waiting for. Everybody was waiting for this to happen, wondering when will God finally redeem us? When will God finally come and help us? Some people were looking for a political Israel. Other people were looking for the redemption of Israel. They understood things differently. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, there it's talking about Jesus, he shall see his descendants in long life. His descendants are all of us who have been redeemed and he's the new Adam and we are his descendants. And the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light the light in fullness of days, though his suffering, through his suffering, my servant shall justify many. Therefore, I will give him his, uh, his promotion among the great. I will give him, I will give him his portion among the great, meaning the rich. He shall divide his spoils with the mighty because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for, for, for their offenses. You see, it's him. It's Jesus. It's all him. And then we have, we go to Paul, Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Traditionally, it's always believed the Hebrews was written by him. But first, let's look at a passage from uh, Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Never let me put to shame. In your justice, rescue me. Into your hands, I commend my spirit. If you remember the seven last words, Psalm 31 has that passage that Jesus spoke from the cross. Jesus prayed. And here, Paul po points out, all right, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our uh to our confession all right we need we need to, we need to have faith in Christ when you read hebrews hebrews is an encouragement but you have to have knowledge of the scriptures you got to have knowledge of the scriptures you get, you must get familiar with them no one's telling you to become a scholar but you're familiar with them you're familiar with the reality 
with the reality of Scripture. It's beautiful. All right, and then here, I mean, we've gone through the passion. You really get, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to leave it alone because you really should be familiar with the Scriptures. You really should be familiar how Scripture works, why Scripture is so important. All right? So I'm going to end it here. Let's say the prayer uh, because you're going to go through Good Friday and uh, I'm not going to keep it too long, but I think you should listen to the scripture readings. If you can't read them, just listen to them and, you know, make it, make it, make it, make an effort. You should read them. You should take your missile with you. If you have a missile, if you can, if there's a Catholic bookstore, if you can order it online, order a Catholic missile. All right. And just learn, learn to be familiar with it. All right, let's say the prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking their own souls. Amen. Okay, um, I'll say one more time, uh, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection as the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, one in being with the Father. And for our, uh, for, our, for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through, his, through the prophets. I believe in one Lord. Uh, one, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. God bless.